Welcome to the Shift Happens podcast, where we explore the latest trends and insights in the digital workplace. From the role of AI in the workplace to the future of remote work, we cover it all. Tune in as we chat with industry leaders and experts. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just getting started in the digital landscape, we've got you covered. Subscribe to Shift Happens wherever you listen to podcasts and stay ahead of the curve. In this episode, we feature two road warriors who traveled across Florida advocating and training their dispersed user base about Microsoft Teams. I talked to them about why training is not about what a technology does, but what it does for a specific user. How one silly skit blew up into an effective continuous learning program. In some ways, they've leveraged Microsoft Teams for things like responding to Hurricane Dorian. Let's get to it. Shift Happens Podcast. We made a, a skit, more or less. Um, and so we invented our own county. So Florida now has 68 counties. And we decided to had to have a theme and, and who doesn't love dinosaurs. So we made it a dinosaur-themed county called Jurassic County. And uh, we put on a, a skit. We had people planted in the crowd that were messaging us at certain times while we were on, you know, up at the, the projector. We even had a gentleman literally in the woods on campus. And, you know, where the gators were known for the swamp. So he was in the swamp. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm your host, Ducks Raymond Sai, Chief Brand Officer here at AppPoint, Modern Workplace Professional, Microsoft Regional Director, and MVP. I'm so excited for this episode because I'm joined by Joe Gasper and Dwayne Hyatt. They're both IT system administrators at the University of Florida Institute of Food and Agricultural Sciences. They're also modern workplace specialists, enthusiasts who have put in 5,600 road miles, that's driving, training their colleagues across the state of Florida on Microsoft Teams. Gentlemen, welcome. Hi, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. So, so let's, let's first backtrack here and start with what you do. What, what's the mission and what exactly uh, is your constituency for the organization you're with? Uh, maybe let's start with Joe. Um, well, we're system administrators. Uh, we're on the same team um, for the central department in IFAS IT. We do standard infrastructure services, provide um, support for our, I think we have 15 academic departments. Um, we've got uh, remote county offices throughout the state, research center throughout the state, I think close to 90 of those. And that's the extension arm that kind of makes us unique here. Uh, IFAS is the uh, the land grant portion, um, they fulfill the land grant role at the University of Florida. That's, uh, you know, that's kind of the big picture of what, what, our, what our work is. And, and Duane, if we zero in on what Joe described, land grant, uh, can you unpack that and expand that further? So for me, I'm not familiar with IFIS and the scope of the work the organization would do. So maybe if you can provide some more context and for our listeners, know more of what the impact is, at least to, to the state. Sure. Um, so the land grant act was, was passed in the mid 1800s. You know, it's, it's been around for a while and the, the U S government identified agricultural colleges in every state that would provide agricultural services to that state. Um, and that's what we are inside of UF. So we're approximately one third of the university is agriculture. And we have a, uh, we'd like to joke, we have a cooperative agreement with every county in the state, which means that we have the pleasure of negotiating with 67 separate 
uh, governments. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, but what happens is, is our, our agents who reside in those counties provide services to the citizens that live in those counties. They take the research that the university does, and they actually bring that research to the people. Um, so if you have a problem with a crop, you know, you can come see one of our agents. You know, you need to rehabilitate some land. They'll teach you how to do it. Uh, you need to learn how to make a good nutrition plan for your family. They'll do that, too, all the way into how to rehab your credit or how to do your taxes. You know, the, the breadth of what they do is literally a mile wide and a mile deep. It's, it's, it's crazy. Our agents are amazing, the amount of work that they do. So that's, that's the extension part of land grant. Wow. With, with the scope of work and responsibility, certainly technology is a critical factor to make all this happen, to make all this work. And I'm glad to hear that Microsoft 365 technology likes teams are enabling a lot of your colleagues to fulfill their duties. So let's start talk about the day when teams became available and walk us through how y'all started thinking about, okay, teams is great. It's going to help my colleagues to fulfill their duties, but how can you get them started, right? What's the train of thought behind driving training and adoption and how do you convince them and the type of resources do you need to get this going? Uh, Joe? You know, I think we've, uh, our, personally, our roles have been changing um, as IT. Um, Our uh, central UFIT has done a great job of, rationalizing, um, consolidating file services, um, print services, web, those kind of things, and taking some of those. Uh, we don't need to worry about those anymore, but there's always something to do. There's always more to do. We looked at um, the needs of our users. You know, We're central to IFAS IT. We see tickets come in all the time. What do our researchers need, our faculty need? And took to growing ourselves, took to um, improving what we could do with them and go talk to them go listen to them, go learn and understand better what their needs are. We're not just break fix anymore. You know, there is a way to provide solutions for them um, through these services that have been, you know, stood up, that we're getting stood up. And we knew teams was coming. Um, we're, we're big, things can happen slow, but, you know, parts of, I don't think we wanted to roll out teams initially when it first released anyways. There, we wanted some better controls and some things like that around it. So that took some time, um, but it really was talking and understanding and showing our users that um, we were listening to them and that would help us prepare when we wanted to bring some new technology to them. Got it. And, you know, it's interesting you bring this up right back in the days of IT where, especially with on-premises, we're always break fixing, as you said, fighting fires, patch Tuesdays, (laughs) but the cloud, (laughs) I see you both laughing at patch Tuesdays. You don't miss that, right? Um, but with the cloud, you're right, we're now in the forefront. We're, we're partners with the business. We're partners with our colleagues, helping them ideate and come up with solutions to help get their jobs done faster, better, sooner. So you saw this potential. You saw this opportunity. So, Duane, talk about how you get started putting this training plan together and getting people to adopt and making them use the technology to fulfill their, their work. Sure. Um, one comment about Patch Tuesday, if I may. Sure, <laughs> uh, go for it. <laughs> we're, we're both system admins. Uh, I'm I'm a Teams person, but under you know I'm I'm in disguise. I'm actually a Microsoft Endpoint Management admin. I live and breathe Patch Tuesday every month. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so we realized early on. You know, Joe said that we were looking at Teams uh, back when it first came out. We we realized very early. The, the application for us and our, our fragmented nature meant that Teams was 
probably going to be the, the most important or the most impactful thing that we had deployed since Active Directory itself or even email. You know, the, the impact it would have on our people was, was huge. And so we, we recognized and, and kind of came to the self-realization that in the past, we've done a, a, not a great job rolling out services. You know, we've, we've heard, you know, Microsoft's adopted this mantra of meet the user where they are. And so we really wanted to embrace that and try to make this work because you're not going to deploy this successfully just by turning it on. Um, you know, they say that if you build it, they will come is no longer a valid product strategy. You ha- I can't just say this is what it does. I have to say, this is what it does for you. This is how it's ultimately going to make your life easier. So that was kind of the drive behind our, you know, intensive training that we decided to take on. So that was the motivation. Hello, Shift Happens podcast listeners. I have an exciting offer for you. Join us for our in-person Shift Happens conference, October 10 to 11 in Washington, D.C., Registration is free. That's right, it's free. And you walk away with actionable strategies from industry leaders and peers to make Shift happen in your digital workplace. Visit shifthappens.to to register today. We'll see you there. So, so when you talk about meeting people where they are, first of all, how many people are we talking about here? Uh, Rough estimate. Six and a half to 7,000 in our, in our organization, in, in IFA specifically. A couple of thousand of those are, are remote throughout the state in the county offices and research centers. Got it. And this is across the 67 different customers you described earlier, right, Joe? Yes. Okay, so meeting them where they are. So you, you put your training plan together. I assume there's going to be different types of training. There's going to be training for more advanced or power users or champions. And then there's going to be more of a mass general type of training for uh, everybody else. So can you kind of share the different types of training, how you did it in person, remote, hybrid, and what got you to jump in the car and drive 5,600 miles to help facilitate this training? We we took that uh, meet the users where they are literally there. But um, Dwayne, talk about our, our first training. I mean, our first training in May, it was, it was fun for us. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was a very well scripted event and it was to our most important people um, who could take advantage of teams, our extension folks. Yeah. Our extension agents that we referenced earlier uh, had a symposium in Gainesville. So every year they, or every other year they meet in Gainesville. And so we decided, wow, this is a great opportunity. We have all these people captive. We can talk to them about IT stuff. And they can't run away. So uh, we thought long and hard about how are we going to deliver this in a way that will make it engaging. So we tried to, you know, without honestly knowing a whole lot about everyday activities, we tried to put ourselves in their shoes. And um, we made a, a skit, more or less. Um, and so we invented our own county. So Florida now has 68 counties. And we decided to had to have a theme and, and who doesn't love dinosaurs. So we made it a dinosaur themed <laughs> county called Jurassic County. And uh, we put on a, a skit. We had people planted in the crowd that were messaging us at certain times while we were on, you know, up at the, the projector. We even had a gentleman literally in the woods on campus and, you know, where the gators were known for the swamp. So he was in the swamp. So he did a video call showing. Yep. Yep. He called us from his phone. Uh, so we were showing off that aspect. And the, the T-Rex is coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he actually didn't didn't make it. Uh, we are the only people I know that have had somebody 
uh, get eaten by a dinosaur in a training. So yeah, that happened. <laughs> so we made it fun, but we tried to make it about things that were relatable that our, our people would understand and really get them. We tried to generate excitement. Um, and that, that was kind of the genesis of all the training momentum. Um, and you hit on a perfect point where you said, you know, there's specific training for champions and then there's broad training. Well, we took that Jurassic County team that we used for that demonstration and turned it into our champions community. And people were able to join via link or code to become members of our county. Um, and so we've got nearly 800 people that have voluntarily joined to be part of it. And we do uh, Teams Tuesday. Every first Tuesday of the month, we do a training in there. We've even got a few people from, you know, rival institutions that have joined that, that want to hang out with us. So this, this is really cool, right? So on one hand, right, we talked about meeting people where they are. So I, I started thinking about, well, let's make it specific to the use case. Are you in HR? Are you an agent in the field? Or are you a project manager? So that's certainly very important. But then you put this layer of, I would say, creativity where people can kind of step outside of their day job and be part of this county. And it, it's related to what they do, but there's a, it's kind of like a, a sandbox, right? A safe space that they can start making stuff up in a way that's fun. Having dinosaurs or what about we encounter this scenario? How can we use teams to address that? I think that that changes the perspective on what training is all about, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's really giving them a safe, a safe place to come ask questions. You know, we've got some channels that are related to other services, forms and things like that. And they can go in, work in there, ask questions. We can kind of look over their shoulder, see how they're doing. After that, uh, get to, and when you talk about May, is, is this recent May, a few months ago or last year? 2019, yeah. 2019, got it. So as a result of that, uh, that set off this roadshow, literally, that you all did. So walk us through... What happened after that? How was the training like? How were? How did you get the champions involved? Uh, and then fast forward to today, as you get new people onboarded, what does the training look like now? You know, from that training session, uh, we got invites to come down to the county offices um, and start working with them locally. Um, not everybody could travel up to Gainesville. Um, you know, Florida is a pretty long state, um, so we would go to these uh, locations and continue that training, um, continue to work with them. Uh, usually uh, an hour session, we, you know, we're, we're, we're driving, so we're going to spend some time with them. Um, and even after the session's over, people who had questions, we'd go back to their offices, sit down, help them uh, develop um, a, a plan for their research lab. You know, how could they use this in their research lab? We have um, faculty now using it with their grad students. Uh, they integrate planner. Uh, they bring in uh, the experiments that they need to manage. Students can, you know, start uh, start the week off. Look at the experiments that need to be run. Check those off in planner, and they're all doing it in, in teams through that kind of process. So we just went out to again went out to where they were located. Um, some of our researchers have different um, specialties, you know, kind of learning along the way what they do. So sometimes we'd sit in with um, a group of our, our faculty and researchers who were presenting some of their work to growers, you know, large uh, landowners, uh, landowners, uh, you know, some groves in there describing how, you know, is this uh, research we're doing effective for you? 
And now that uh, it's a little harder to travel and do that work, that's kind of work that they can do in teams now. And we got them, you know, we got them started before COVID hit um, and really um, has uh, helped them continue to buy those services to the state of Florida. Got it. So, so Dwayne, Joe talked about this continuous learning, right? So uh, just kind of thinking back, when you all traveled from one location to another, as you left, did you provide that capability so that after you've done the training, people perhaps can jump on teams or some online space where they can continue learning and, and frankly engage and learn from each other as you go through each county? So let's say you're now in uh, Ocala County and, and say, hey, we just came from the Keys or some somewhere. Uh, they learned this. Make sure you connect with them and see what they're doing and learn from them. Did you promote that type of peer-to-peer learning uh, model, Dwayne? Uh, yeah, we, you know, going back to the Jurassic County, that was, you know, every time we did a training, we were, we were recruiting citizens. You know, we were telling them, trying to build that excitement again, if this is a place where you can bounce ideas off of one another. You know, is, when the, with a machine as large as ours, you know, a nutritional specialist in Dade County, which is very tip south of Florida, is a nutrition plan really that much different from a nutritionist in the panhandle? Their work probably overlaps quite a bit, but they're geographically separated by so much that they feel like they're in their little silos. And Teams is a way for us to bring those similar work streams together so that people really can can collaborate. And it doesn't matter how far apart you are. We're very fragmented, you know, uh, because of how we're laid out, you know, uh, there's offices all over, we've got 88 remote offices, you know, with people at all of them, uh, how do we bring those together and put them on the same page so they can benefit from one another. And that's one of the main driving points behind teams. And, you know, our mission statement for IFAS, you know, specifically says to make knowledge accessible. And we recognized via tickets and requests for shared folders. And how do I work with somebody from this university that if we can't make knowledge accessible internally, how can we ever meet this mission statement to make it accessible to all of our people? So telling them the reason why, you know, we really adopted this. This is why we think it's amazing. And this is, this is the proof that it is, you know, in building confidence in the platform. And now we're in a situation I'm, I'm very happy and proud of is if an agent says to another agent, hey, I think we should make a team for this. They already know what they're talking about. You know, we're not trying to figure out, okay, what product should we go? What do I need to go sign up for? Do I need an account? You know, they're already speaking the same language and, and get to work faster. So, so it's, it's natural, just like back in the day of email, right? Like shoot me an email. Oh, let's create a team. Let's talk about it in the channel or let's use planner. That's amazing. You know, you, you said something that, validated this thinking on one hand, sure, your university, there's uh, distinct needs and, and use cases, but then you mentioned certain counties are similar for what they're trying to do. And then I want to expand that. I spoke with, uh, in another episode, I spoke with Dr. Kellman from University of New South Wales. Are you familiar with him? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he, he talked about how they created this bot, which is by the way, open source, where the bot acts as a listener where the bot can monitor chats in conversation threads. And if the bot sees, oh, Dwayne is asking about this, but then there's this other conversation, another team or another channel, then this bot will connect the dots and say, oh, Joe, you're asking about this nutritional plan. Did you know you have a colleague of yours in another county already made it here? Here's the link to that conversation or the Word document. I thought that was really cool. That is amazing. In a powerful way to maximize technology. Yeah. Yeah, I... Teams is, as Dwayne said, um, it's helping our 
agents um, expand beyond, uh, you know, their sphere of influence. You know, their our agents are, you know, responsible for a county, but the work they're doing is useful to other agents doing the same work elsewhere. So um, we have them, you know, thinking of a, uh, we have a master gardener program uh, that citizens can join and they work with volunteers and citizens can learn how to, you know, have a great garden, um, but that's happening throughout the state. Um, there's a lot of resources, great resources individuals are making that now they're seeing where, you know, we can have a single team and everyone across uh, the counties in that role can participate and join and, and grow and learn from each other, not do duplication of effort. Somebody does something really well. They did it for the University of Florida and for the citizens, and they can use that. So a, a place they can all bring and put that together. What's the most interesting use case y'all came across from the day you started training and now you're still providing guidance. What are some of the stories that you thought, wow, this is really cool or all the work we've done has meaning and, and has made great impact. We have a couple, we have, uh, we have this thing called hurricanes that happen here. Okay. Oh yeah. That, that's all thing. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we activated teams as our disaster response platform uh, for hurricane Dorian last year and developed a system where, as uh, counties that might be affected, um, we would bring in and create a channel for them. We would uh, bring in uh, Twitter feeds of the local um, county uh, emergency offices. Um, so we kind of centralized where alerts were coming in, centralizing where resources could be uh, put. Um, you know, IFAS has a very important role. You know, we are one of the key response systems um, in emergencies for the state. We, we handle things like agricultural damage assessment, for example. Um, you know, we have, we have our own facilities in every county that we have to look out for, too. So that was one interesting uh, use case that, um, you know, that I, I think we activated it again this year. Um, thankfully, they've missed <laughs> um, so far. They've missed us. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> they missed us. Yeah, that was great. It opened some eyes to people, especially in regards to the importance of the mobile app. Um, making sure that people were, had access to that information. And as Joe mentioned, you know, our agents are responsible for damage assessments and there's, you know, state certified surveys and forms that have to be filled out. So all that data could be put in a place where they knew that they were getting the right one. Um, you know, be, being able to create channels for each county that was affected by a storm gave them their own place to discuss and, and upload photos and get those Twitter feeds and, you know, specific to their county, but also gave leadership a top-down view of the whole picture. You know, they can dip into each county to see what's going on. Um, so that was that was you know that was that was a big help for us. So I think it's going to really make an impact as the adoption spreads and more people have that mobile app and more people understand why they're there. Uh, you know, one of our big themes for creating teams is purpose before people. We want people to understand why they're in a team. Um, can be frustrating end user experience to just be randomly added to a team and not know why you're in it. <laughs> so as this moves forward, people will start to naturally understand why they're there. No, I love that, right? And, and especially these days where there's so much technology and, and people can get lost. While all of us in this conversation love technology, love teams, everybody else look at this as, will this help my life, you know, or get my job done faster, better, sooner? So we, we got to think in that context and mindset. Uh, one of the key things I always talk about, especially with colleagues and customers, how do we make it easy for people to do the right thing at the end of the day, right? It could be 
you know, the fanciest technology out there, but if it doesn't solve any problem or meet me where I'm at, so it's, it's uh, besides the point. Uh, so a question I do have is, so you provide training, you provide guidance on the back end. Are there things that you do from a technology perspective to simplify or automate some of the things so people don't have to worry about? So I don't have to think about, oh, I have to turn on this switch or, or disable this permission or make sure this setting is, is enabled. So do you have some of those things in place or maybe additional tools you provide to uh, the constituency so that it makes it easier for them? Yeah, one of our goals uh, is always to ultimately make their life easier. Um, and we want to be able to show that to them. And so one of the things that you said about, you know, complicated technology and, and tools and things like that is another thing that we have is if we don't give them the tools they need to get their job done, they'll go out and find the tools on their own and use them anyway. <laughs> so we want to make sure that we make this as easy and as user-friendly as possible. Um, and one of the things that we can use a win that we have is, uh, you know, we operate these facilities everywhere. We actually have a hardware footprint in each of these facilities with, you know, a significant investment in server hardware to store files locally. Um, being an EDU, you know, Teams is a fantastic, you know, benefit for us. We get a lot, a huge benefit in storage capacity and, and accessibility through Teams. So uh, we've transitioned all of our county extension offices off of traditional file servers into Teams and OneDrive. And, you know, we, we, we always joke and the crowd will say, raise your hand if you like connecting to VPN, you know, and <laughs> one or two people will raise their hand and we say, you just like the result of what you get after you connect to VPN, you know, having the ability to pull your phone out of your pocket and pull up a document and show it to a customer, we can't achieve that with a traditional file server. So that is... A lot of technology went on behind there, you know, heavy, heavy users of the SharePoint migration tool, uh, lots of late nights, you know, scripting out, you know, PowerShelling our way through tons and, you know, of directories and looking and analyzing data and building CSV files for these migration jobs. So that was a lot of automation there. Got it. You know, one, one of the key things, too, you, you hit the nail on the head is sometimes we underestimate people. We think, oh, it's too much, but we forget that in our personal lives and in the consumer world, we're so used to this now. Everything's an app. Everything's on the phone. I, I back up my pictures to some service that I can pick up from my computer. So that's the level of expectation uh, people have with IT, regardless if you're a government agency or a private company. Yeah, I, I think um, what what Dwayne said about being able to pick up your phone and do that work. We, you know, our agents are are literally in a field. You know, they're in a um, a grove um, or working with a farmer and they got to pull up some information about, you know, a disease of a plant of some sort, they can now easily do that um, without lugging a laptop around and loading a bunch of data around much more accessible to them. And it makes it easier when they interact and do their job. Yeah. Another, another uh, feedback we're getting and we're seeing is as people adopt teams, not only teams, but all the other workloads, you know, more SharePoint, OneDrive, Planner, is this idea of, okay, now that we have all these workspaces, how can we better organize and centralize everything I'm a part of? Certainly, I go to Teams. I see all the teams I'm a part of. Uh, but then there may be instances I'm just using SharePoint for external collab, and I go to SharePoint. So uh, one of the technologies we offer is a technology called MyHub, which we're offering for free, uh, especially during these days of COVID, where companies and organizations can centralize all their workspaces. And as a user, I can see, oh, here are all my workspace for SharePoint and Teams and groups and Yammer communities. 
And, and again, it's, it's in the spirit of making it easy for, for people to do the right thing and access the information that they need to. Yeah, we, uh, like, like Dwayne said, um, purpose before people is really important to help with team sprawl. And uh, asking, you know, is there already uh, an agent who stood up a team? Um, that's kind of the same thing that I want to do. Use your old listserv, you know, to do some discovery there. Um, make sure you're not, you know, replicating something that's already been done um, is, some, you know, something that we, we teach. Boy, this has been an amazing conversation. I'm sure our listeners have learned so much, got a lot of tips. But before we wrap up, uh, you know, Joe, Dwayne, what tip would you offer to our listeners as specific as you can be so that they can help make that shift happen, shift from a model of how people do training, perhaps, or shift from the thinking that, it can't be done or people can't change because oftentimes that's a thinking, right? With especially public institutions. Oh, you know, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. But there's so much encouragement in this conversation that it can be done. And again, if there's purpose, people will follow. So let's start with you, Joe. Any tip you can share? Um, I think going back to um, listening to your users is really the key. And just if you've got a ticket that comes through, Pick up the phone and talk to them. Find out more. It's we talk about um, trying to understand what is what is often the outcome that they want. They might be asking for you to check some boxes and push some you know bells and whistles, and that's just something that they they know they've heard. It might not be exactly what they really need. We just want to make sure that um, we're able to um, provide a solution that actually is going to do what they want. Um, and listen to what, you know, what they, what they're asking for, um, really focus on that, that outcome, sometimes backtrack. Um, sometimes, you know, sometimes teams, something else like that might not even be the answer. And that's something we are okay with, you know, um, and we have to make sure that they're getting the right tool for the right purpose. Awesome. Dwayne. Yeah, we work it backwards. We work it backwards. We, we start with what's your expected outcome. What, what is the goal you're trying to achieve? And then let's walk it back from there to figure out what's the right technology to to meet that goal. Um, I guess my tip would be, you know, you really need to put yourself in their shoes and all the way back to that meet the users where they are mantra that we've got is, again, you can't just turn something on and expect them to use it. You have to actually show them what it does for them. Um, You know, you can you can post this post an infographic that's got 100 points on it about how amazing Teams is. But if it doesn't actually show them what affects them in their work life, they don't care. You know, you, it's going to be a really hard sell. Um, so, so really getting in, uh, in there with them and understanding what your work life is like and becoming more accessible. You know, we're sysadmins. We sit in our offices in the dark with our light-up keyboards and cool monitors and do, you know, ninja server things in the dark. We can't do that anymore. We have to come out of, of our of our cave and, and actually get out there with our people and understand what their what their goals are. So you're telling me I can't send an email on Monday to everybody and say, hey, we just upgraded to Teams. Have a good life. Don't talk to me until three years from now, right? <laughs> Not to be successful. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Joe, Dwayne, thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much for this insightful conversation. Thank you for having us. We appreciate thank you. it. Appreciate it. And again, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. And if you've enjoyed this conversation, make sure you tell your colleagues and friends about it and subscribe. Until the next time, be safe, take care, wear your mask, and wash your hands. Shift Happens Podcast. Thanks for listening. 
Okay, I'm the guy who dressed up as PSY in the Gangnam style back at SharePoint Conference 2012, so I'm no wallflower. But today's episode really reminded me of the power of presentation when it comes to training. Jurassic County was successful because it's a fun, relevant approach, and it uses Microsoft Teams and external guests as a safe place for questions. What an effective strategy. Joe and Dwayne also had me asking myself, how am I meeting my users where they are? Whatever part of the organization you're in, who is your target audience and how are you going the extra mile to come to them? That's a really powerful takeaway we can all learn from. Shift Happens Podcast is a production of AbPoint, Inc., produced and edited by the AbPoint brand team. Stay up to date on the latest trends in digital workplace transformation by visiting AbPoint.com.